0: Welcome to another episode of Spock Sports Show, sponsored locally through Barbary Law Firm. It's a look at everything sports here in the mid-Michigan area. And now, here's your host, Chris Spockman. Spock Sports Show, Chris Spockman, hanging out with you. We are presented by Barbary Law Firm. Every case they take, they take personally. If you have a car accident injury claim in the mid-Michigan area, you don't need to drive far. You don't need to call someone at hundred number. Joe Barbary is the man to call. He can take care of you. The courts know him. The insurance companies know him. Just ask around. A little bit of a different twist this week as I've got the main man, Bob Peters, here with me, and we're talking the NFL draft and in particular, a little Central Michigan University, a little bit of Detroit Lions, so Bob, uh, thanks so much for joining me, and if people don't know who Bob Peters is, well, he's the owner here of My1043 Buck92, Latitude Media, MyMichiganPodcast.com and the host of Bob Around Town.
1: And right off the bat, I want to let you know, that does not mean I know a lot about football. I'm a <laughs> fan first and foremost. I've been a fan for all my life. A little over 60 well 63 years so I've been waiting for the Lions to win a championship for a long time so I do have some history with them as yeah. being a fan and going to games and just following them you yeah. know so and but.
0: this was one of the most optimistic times for the Lions coming into this draft this year I mean I think I go back to the year we drafted Nick Fairley when we had Sue and those guys coming back I mean we you gotta go about every 10 years or so and things seem to get exciting for Lions fans around you know the NFL draft when it's like all right maybe we could actually make a difference going to this year and after day one a lot of People were kind of talking some smack, and then it kind of changed after day two, day three. We'll get to that, but first we want to you know, put some light on some Central Michigan University players that, that were drafted. And obviously, Lou Nichols was selected by the Green Bay Packers. And kind of late, he had that great 2,000-yard season, then kind of dropped off a little bit this year. What do you remember about Lou Nichols here at CMU, Bob? You
1: know, it had to be the the year prior when he just lit it up. I believe he was the leading rusher in the NCAA. Yeah, with well, 1,848 uh, yards. Phenomenal season. C- season you know and, and that's what's really hard you know these are young men right here at this point they're in college you expect him to do that every day all the time every season right so obviously the Green Bay Packers saw a lot in him to be able to draft him you know even despite the low numbers that he had last year a couple of injuries you know the program had a different quarterback here at CMU as well so a lot of changes for him I'm glad to see him going to the Packers I think he's gonna have a great opportunity yeah
0: and you there. wonder is there maybe a Matt LaFleur connection you know with CMU his dad and, and stuff like to, to, you know, That's something I don't know. But Lou Nichols, I don't think he wasn't projected to be, you know, a top pick or anything like that. But it was one of those. I wonder if they kind of knew in their back of their mind, up in Green Bay, from talking with some people at CMU, Lafleur having all the Mount Pleasant connections. Maybe they, you know, if he's still there late, he's somebody that we're definitely targeting. Because he, he said, "Yeah, you talked about that year before, 142 rushing yards per game in 2021." I like said, this last year?" And you know, I like said, "Not as much, just still really outstanding." And then also. Then along with Nichols, you also got Thomas Inkoom and Joel Wilson, who weren't drafted, but essentially draft choices because, you know, there used to be how many rounds were in the draft back in your day, Bob, I'll say, because it's, it's always been seven for me growing up. Yeah,
1: you know, I remember that as well, too. And then you have the free agents after that. Yep. You know,
0: that that's a great question for
1: Brett Heibel, who was a free agent. Back in the uh, pick up it, yep. with the Chicago uh, Bears back in the day, but you know, yeah, you know, after a while, matter of fact, even even in those days, we didn't have the coverage. The ESPN, we didn't we didn't have these guys for three months talking who's going to be number one. You know, we had draft day, and then we really looked at rounds one, two, and three, and the rest. You know, you'd have to check the newspaper, Chris, to see who was actually there.
0: Yep, yeah, I remember when I was growing up, they had the draft. It started Saturday morning, and it went all day long. And some people couldn't stand that, but I've always been a sports dork, and so I would get up in the morning with my big bowl of Fruity Pebbles and sit there and start watching the draft and just kind of do it all day long. And I actually would even print, as soon as you could go to the internet, I would print out rosters for like the Lions and some other teams I'd like and I'd start filling in the rookies, you know, where I thought they were going to fit into the depth chart and everything. But Nkoum is with the Denver Broncos but I think the one guy we want to talk about a little bit is Joel Wilson, who's with the New Orleans Saints. He hails from Petoskey, got 82 passes, 874 yards, 12 touchdowns over his career at Central Michigan University. Always cool when you got a Petoskey native going in in there, somebody from Michigan, but you you got something that might one-up that a little bit too, don't, don't you? So we have got this guy named Jake Witt from Ewan Trout. Okay,
1: this is up in the U- UP, okay, in the Upper Peninsula, right? And, so and get where
0: this. in the UP, So, because people from Michigan will know, you, you so, know. So
1: when you hit Iron Mountain, keep driving. You're almost in Wisconsin, Ooh. Minnesota area, so it's, it's way up in that area. I'm sure they played a lot of Wisconsin uh, schools. So the school has a total enrollment of 66 students. Okay? Hang on, hang
0: on, say that again?
1: 66 students in the entire school. They played eight-man football, okay? So he was a big basketball player, actually in high school, he was Mr. Upper Peninsula for basketball. Okay, valedictorian, sixteen kids in graduating class. Right, makes
0: Shepherd seem big, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. So,
1: so he go he goes to uh, uh, Michigan Tech. To play basketball it didn't really work out goes to enroll as a student at northern michigan right plays you know a couple of games as tight end have an injury at tackle boom he goes in his tackle within a couple of years oh he's being drafted right now to tell you the truth you know so what a great draft pick right there
0: yeah so you got all this from the colts website who did a really great job writing the story but you and i were talking kind of before we came on here and is he maybe maybe the player from the smallest school in NFL history except there's not for example people Sacred Heart right now right around a buck 10 I think in their high school they're graduating right, right. about twenty-five, thirty in their senior classes right. he had 16 in his graduating class that's pretty darn cool and I think it kind of goes to show I always talk about multi-sport athletes if you can get any money for college go to college if you're an athlete if you put some work in people people are gonna find you
1: well you know it's it's not always you know the best groom the, the kids who have been going in all these camps since they were eight years old. You know, it, it takes a lot of hard work. We know that with these athletes, and some people really have a great heart and desire, and they they work a little bit harder in other avenues. So hats off to this young man.
0: Yep, and a, a couple other guys from CMU, Carlos Carrier, I might be mispronounced, that he had 45 catches for 520 yards. And then Dallas Dixon, who was hurt a lot this last year, he only played two games, but he caught 45 balls for 700 yards and eight TDs last year. Those are a couple other guys to maybe watch out for some Central Michigan University names that could be on the radar for some NFL teams, but now it's time to talk some Detroit Lions in Obviously, we got we've got the quotes here from Mr. Brad Holmes, GM of Detroit, of why he took it. So we're going to tell you the pick. We're going to kind of go through some of his quotes, and then we got some of the stats for some of the guys. And obviously, Bob, we talked as this draft goes deeper on, we're going to know less and less about these guys because we're not experts. But we've got some opinions on the guys in the top of the draft for sure.
1: We have opinions because that's what we are. That Monday morning quarterback, maybe Monday afternoon quarterback. That's what we are right now. Uh, But we're also fans, too, right? So we do watch the game, and you're a bigger fan because you broadcast football games. So you have a little bit more of an in-depth look than I do. Yeah. I'm a fan favorite. I'm a Lions fan, okay? <laughs> Me too. I've
0: been a Lions fan my whole life. It yep. will. I yep. promise it will never change. I'm always going to be a Lions yep. fan. And basketball is my favorite sport. And I think growing up, the Pistons were probably my favorite team. But as, you know, the NBA's changed a little bit, and it's just not what it used to be, we'll leave it at that. It's another podcast for another day. But the NFL has just kind of become my favorite sport to watch, along with college football and high school football. And in particular, the Lions are just something about it. And if you've never been to a Lions game before, it's a lot of fun to go down there the camaraderie just around the stadium there's something about whether it, whether it's Michigan Michigan State Lions if you go to any one of those tailgates it's just a fun experience because everybody's kind of gathered there for the same reason
1: well you know they are and you look at it the people who dress up at that Hawaii blue you know it's just even if you see a game on TV if you're there just look at the stands you know it's just a sea of blue you got you know billy sims and and you've got uh, barry sanders shirts and you got calvin johnson shirts right you know we still have matthew stafford shirts being worn by people in the stands you know um we believe blue
0: yep and so first pick number 12 overall we had number six and going back about a month or so bob my hopes my dreams my prayers were either will anderson or jalen carter drops to us jalen carter Did drop to us, but we did not select him. He ended up getting taken number 10 overall by the Philadelphia Eagles. And he said a while back that he had a guarantee. It, he, Philly wouldn't let him actually Philly ended up moving up one pick to right. get him but from 10 to 9 and he said Philly said they're going to take him no matter what if you're there and so you look at what happened with his pro day he didn't finish some of his drills he came in overweight I almost wonder if that was a little bit of a plan because now I think Philly has got five or six guys from the Georgia defense over the last two years which might not be a bad way to go
1: well you know I don't know if you could pull that off on purpose Chris come on now really you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you're kind of dogging on, 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 the, on the combine and all that right even though you know you got a team well, effort, and he also you know, had
0: so. a, a a car accident which involved two yeah. fatalities that he yeah. was involved right. in got in some trouble and you know all that off-field issues always seems to drop people down you know Laramie Tunzo yeah. a number of years ago with the the gas mask picture that came out he dropped way down he just signed a big contract it worked out okay for him but Jameer Gibbs is who the Lions selected from Alabama you look at the last three years he had over 3,300 yards from scrimmage over 103 receptions over those last three years and what One thing that I don't know if people know about, so he played the one year at Alabama. The two years before that, he was at Georgia Tech. Do you know what that means to me? What's that? He's really, really smart.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. You talk true, to yeah. people
0: about colleges <laughs> right. in the South. Georgia Tech is one of the toughest schools there is. I was listening to the right time with Bomani Jones the other day, something you and I talked about. He was talking about this, and he said he had a buddy that got accepted to the business school at Michigan for a graduate class. He had a 2.5 at Georgia Tech. Even people at Michigan know wow. how difficult. They say, this guy's going to be smart. And so there's did we take him too early? Maybe we did. But the versatility he has, the explosion he has, some people had him higher, higher rated than B. John Robinson coming out of Texas. And so, did we take him too early?
1: Maybe. You, you know, but if he's the, your guy, you yeah, take him.
0: You, you have to, you know. So, so,
1: first of all, it's their team, Brad Holmes. He's going to figure out who he wants, Dan Campbell, and all that. So, But you know what? When you're assembling a team, whether this be a business or a sports uh, a team, you're, you're developing people and everybody has to have different traits. They have to be able to fit into that large puzzle, which is your business or your team, right? Yep. You know, and, and they're not always going to be that superstar that you think it's number one. Somebody else is going to have a couple of different tools and a couple of different assets that they're, they're going to be able to bring. So the one thing we knew or didn't really know this, but you could kind of see this during last year. And I don't know if you saw hard knocks with the Detroit Lions. You could just see that they had some issues with, with, with uh, DeAndre Swift. right? It ended up getting traded. Well, who got traded, really not a surprise when that happened because you could see they really wanted more out of him. They were getting, you know, they, they thought they were probably getting maybe 80%, right? Yeah, but
0: he had all the tools. He but did, just You right. know, one of those guys that maybe just doesn't love the game. You hate, you hate to say that because he's put in so much hard work, but right. he missed the game with a shoulder injury that some other guys might have played in that kind of – he was on my fantasy team. I know he missed a lot of games so, the last so, couple so, of years. So,
1: you know, maybe a different atmosphere is going to be good for him, but that's something that the Lions knew well before we did, you know? And we, you know, now looking at it in hindsight, they were going to move him out after the
0: draft, if not before the draft already, anyways. Yep. Right. And so I think that's one of the reasons why the Lions don't think this is a reap. Time for a break here on Spock Sports Show on Buck 92. When we come back, more Detroit Lions NFL Draft Review coverage with myself and Bob Peters. You listen to Spock Sports Show on Buck 92 and podcasting wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you've got legal questions, and you don't know what to do my attorney is joe barbary he can be yours too
0: Loved one is injured or killed in a motor vehicle accident. Contact Barbary Law and we'll take care of you.
1: My is Joe Barbary. He can be your
0: We now return you to Chris Spockman and the Spock Sports Show from the Barbary Law Firm's Mobile Sports Studio, right here on Buck92. Welcome back to Spock Sports Show I'm Buck92 and podcasting wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get right back into that NFL draft review, talking all things Detroit Lions with myself and Bob Peters, right in the middle of talking about you know our running back situation and taking Jameer Gibbs at number 12. We went and signed a good running back in the offseason. Jamal Williams is going to be gone. We got David Montgomery coming in, and so David Montgomery is going to fill the Jamal Williams role, and they want Jameer Gibbs to fill that DeAndre Swift role. He could have 20 carries one game. He could have 10 carries, five receptions another game, but if people want to know what brad holmes thought about him the quote when he went to see the texas alabama game he just kind of stuck with me since then yep so that yep. kind of re- really says it all right there so if you want to know what brad holmes thinks about him go watch some highlights from that texas alabama game and he was one of the better athletes on the field for alabama so that that, that kind of says something
1: hey, hey if you're one of the better so i put alabama probably in the top 10 percentile of nfl right now right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know they are they are almost a pro team the way they are they probably would have beaten a few of them, you know, on any given Sunday. How's that?
0: Yeah, you look at the, the guys that them and Georgia have been putting in the league the last few years. They're right. They're the two mm-hmm. college yep. teams. And yep. then all right, this was the guy that people had a big scratch with was Jack Campbell was taken at number 18 overall. So he's big. He's a plugger, but actually he's not. The more you look at him, the more athletic traits come out, he's very, very visible. That's coming from Brad Holmes. And this is another one of those, this is who he wanted to, to draft. And people think that maybe we could have got him at pick 34, maybe even pick 45. And actually, Mel Kuyper's last two-round mock draft, he actually had him going to Detroit at pick 45. But Holmes, again, he identified this guy, this is who they wanted to get, and they drafted him. And he's the Buckus Award winner from last year. And you ready for me to run through? these names oh, again
1: please do this is a great list here Chris and so
0: this goes all the way back and obviously there's many more names here there's some guys who haven't had a super great pro career but Derek Thomas Chris Claiborne LeVar Arrington Patrick Willis Von Miller Luke Kuechly Roquan Smith and Nicobe Dean that is a list right and Brian Bosworth some other guys who did kind of flake out of the NFL round there as well but you, you look at that list and I think I'm okay with spending a first round pick on the Buckus Award winner every year
1: yeah Right, exactly. You know, uh, it, it says here he's what six foot four, six foot four and a half, 250 pounds. <laughs> you know, for an inside linebacker that plugs, but he's they're saying he's very, very fast. And I know they're looking for character. That's a big thing with the Lions right now. It's building character, and these guys also have the tools and will get better. So uh, I was very excited with that one, to tell you the truth. Yep. Yeah,
0: my only issue on that was, you know, maybe could we got him at pick two, round thirty four? And I kept thinking, man, do we need to draft that quarterback? for the future but that's where day two really came in and starting with day two pick 34 we took sam laporta and iowa tight ends over the last few years they seem to just always be quality and Kirk Ferentz, pro coach there at iowa as well yep, you, yep. You, you go back to talk about jack campbell we didn't even talk about that but the last two years 53, 58 catches, 670, 657 yards. I feel like that's exactly what we're going to get from him in the NFL. And everybody kind of thought he was the number one tight end. He's just a plug-and-play guy.
1: Exactly. Another guy, 6'5", 250. He's very <laughs> steady. Uh, they, they say he's got really good hands. He can detach from the core is what they said, right? You work a perimeter. He can beat a defensive back. Boom. And, and I, I never heard of the guy before the draft to tell you the truth so I had to you know do some work afterwards go who is this guy you know
0: Well it seems like the the, the last several years Iowa's got one or two guys that's 40 50 catches 500 600 yards and everybody you know draft experts everybody says you're just going to be able to put him out there at tight end yeah. he's going to be able to block he's going to be able to catch the ball a little bit and also in round 2 this was the big one we got Brian well one of the big ones Brian Branch from Alabama played a lot of nickel last year for the Crimson Tide but was one of their best And when you've got a guy that can kind of be that combo safety defensive back, that's just really invaluable. And he was the number one safety in this draft, and we got him at 45. And again, according to experts, number one safety.
1: Exactly. So you never know until, you know, the career is over what they've done. Uh, Again, anybody who's starting on Alabama is going to be a gosh darn good player. No two ways about it. You know they've been trained really well. They've played at the highest level of competition, too. So they've played against a lot of their peers who are also being drafted, and some of those becoming their – they're teammates as well, too. So anytime you get somebody out of a big
0: program like that, I think that's just fantastic. Really, really quality, Ky, Right, Like yep. I said, Nick Saban, you look at the Patriots, Alabama, you know, pipeline the last few years. In whatever what the Patriots have done the last couple of years. But if you can copy a couple things they do, I, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And here's the one that everybody got really excited about. This guy probably would have been the number two, number three quarterback coming into this year if he had not torn his ACL. And so, well, we will probably not see him at all this next year. Hendon Hooker was, some people were calling it to pick up the draft, us getting him at number 68 and then kind of knowing the situation with Jared Goff, him essentially maybe having one year, two years left on his deal, and then Hooker could step right in. But last year, you ready for these numbers? passing, 3,135 yards, 27 touchdowns. And here's the big thing, Bob, two interceptions. 27 TDs to two INTs, and you wonder, well, what did he do against some of the best teams? Well, they beat Alabama 52-49 on a late field goal, and Hendon Hooker finished that game 21 of 30 for 385 yards and five touchdowns. I think every one of them went to Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver, who just got behind the defense over and over again. But to his credit, Hooker hit him on the money.
1: Well, he hit a lot of money. Sounds like he did it pretty much all the time too. And uh, I was wondering how many time he uh, burned uh, Brian Branch on that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that that they're going to be go playing against look each at. other, you know, <laughs> in, in, in practice, you know. So that that'll be a little fun too. I think he he willed uh, the team to a lot of wins himself. He put them on their shoulders. Uh, we saw that uh, Chris here and I were talking about it, the last game of the season. Was that correct?
0: Yep. Well, it was. It was well, yeah. Well, that that wasn't the, Alabama was kind of in the middle of the season. But right, yeah. if he doesn't get hurt they they may be in the college football playoffs like I said totally. they're not one of those yep. teams I follow but I'm going to I'm going to bring this to you because said we talked about how big of football fans we are playing football at Tennessee it was big yeah. 70s oh, yeah. 80s oh, yeah. 90s maybe right. even in the early 2000s but he is the first Tennessee quarterback since Peyton Manning to To be something, to do something, in that game when they beat Alabama, it was in Tennessee, and it was the biggest atmosphere they have had in a right. long time. And you go last fifteen, twenty years, whenever they've had that atmosphere, they've lost. Right. And he was not going to let them lose that day. And there's, there's something special about that.
1: Uh, like I said, he I have seen him play this past year, and it, he has willed Tennessee to wins.
0: Yep. And then so the other three picks kind of routed things out. Roderick Martin from Western Kentucky. Colby Sorsdale from William & Mary and so a couple guys not from Power 5 conferences, but again guys that Brad Holmes, you know, saw wanted the Sorsdale guy, dominated the competition, was really well at the East-West game. Some of the physical traits with Broderick Martin, they just really fell in love with and in the 7th round, got another pick that people really high on. 43 receptions 798 yards, that seems crazy because it is almost 20 yards per catch for Antoine Green out of North Carolina and I don't think he can replace Jameson Williams the first 6 games he's out, but He's going to be a deep play threat right from the get-go, and he's a seventh-round pick.
1: Yep, he'll be fitting in just perfectly right there. We need help with wide receivers, too. We know that. Defensive back, wide receivers, anybody could really help at that point. I'm glad they got somebody.
0: Yep, and the way the NFL is going, I don't think you can have enough wide receivers, defensive backs on your roster, period. Not
1: nowadays. That's where we're at
0: now. Yep, Bob, so uh, thanks for joining me on Spock Sports Show here. And the last thing I kind of want to ask you, you know, I'm going to make you do the letter grade like okay, all of okay. the, the experts do and everything. If you had to give a letter grade for the Detroit Lions NFL draft, what would you give it?
1: Wow, you know, I've never been asked that. Never did I ever think I was really smart enough to give a grade. I'm going to say probably a B plus. Okay, because, you know, with that first pick, you know, uh, yeah, I I don't know if that was the direction they needed to go in. If they get another running back, we've always been told, don't use your early picks on running backs. Right. Unless they're going to be, you know, Hall of Famer superstars or anything like that. But this is where you take a risk. You're in a draft. I think every team has made picks that somebody could question outside of number one, two and three. But you know what? There is even questions about number one and two. Which way were they going to go? So we won't know until this draft how good it is for three years. Right. I love the way the Lions are putting a team together, you know? We're getting football players. And what I mean by that, guys who love the sport, play hard, maybe not all the tools, but they're getting them and they know how to play together and we're seeing that happen. But we need a defense for this team to really to do something in 2023.
0: Yep, and the one thing I wondered too is, you know, we traded back at 6. I wonder if we kept trying to trade back at 12, and when we couldn't trade back, it was, you know what, we're taking our guy. Because Gibbs was gonna go in that maybe 18 to 30 range, and so we probably could have got him where we got Jack Campbell, but I think it just became the point where Brad Holmes, Matt Campbell, if they were on the same page with getting a guy, why are we gonna wait? Let's get this guy right now. And you know, when I go back and look, you're gonna have a starter without a doubt in Jameer Gibbs. You're gonna have a starter with Jack Campbell. You're gonna have a Starter with Laporta, most likely a starter from day one with Brian Branch, and then you've got the big project quarterback with Hendon Hooker. I look at that, I think that's a pretty good draft. I'm right there with you, BB-plus range. Bob.
1: Really? You didn't even go with an A-minus for that, did you?
0: Well, it would be, if I think if you or I either went letter grade, it yeah. would just turn into we're just being fans at that there point. There Because they did reach a little bit probably on those first two picks. I but I think so. with the With the branch pick, with the Laporta pick, I think we really made up for it. And then Hendon Hooker, I think was just kind of the icing on the cake. Said late third-round pick if he doesn't turn out. Not the end of the world. Right.
1: Hey, we're going to judge it in three years.
0: We'll get together. That's right. We'll say, hey, what's that
1: 2023 draft? Is it still a B plus or is it A minus, A plus, or is it a D? We'll
0: we'll do it in a year from now and another year. We'll figure it out. You got it, Chris. Thanks, Bob. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Another big, big thank you to my boss man, Bob Peters, taking some time to chat with me on Spock Sports Show. Be back with you again next week. we got some Sacred River softball stuff coming, more Beale City baseball, so much coming for the spring sports season here on Spock Sports Show. Be back to the local stuff next week here on Buck 92 and podcasting wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Barbary Law Firm at Spock Sports Show on Buck 92 and MyMichiganPodcast.com.